Jordan is on best. Harper's on middle. Welcome to another edition of the Indie Corn Roast Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Schindler. As always, before we get started today, if you have not already, please be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. Of course, share it on social media. Tag me in it. Tag Tom in it. Um, tag whoever in it. Tag your friends. I don't know. That, that makes me happy, too. Um, as, long as, uh, as long as you're enjoying it, I, I want to hear your feedback. Um, really psyched to be joined today by my friend and, of course, friend of the show, right over at 8 points, 9 seconds, Rhett Bauer. Rhett, how are you doing today, man? I guess tonight, I'm, I should say tonight. Yeah, I'm terrible. The Pacers are terrible. Fire everybody. We oh, are 0-3. It's just, no, I'm doing great. I'm glad we uh, start to get talking about actual basketball and seeing what this team can actually be uh, outside of two and a half quarters a game. Yeah, I uh, I totally agree, too. I uh, we, we do have quite a bit to draw from tonight, but the first thing I do have to mention, I was dreading facing you, man, because uh, you are part of Beard Gang. You have probably the best beard that I know, um, and I was – I waited, you know, I shave every single day and I just got to a point. I waited three days without shaving. And then I got yeah. to the fourth day. I voted beard. I, I did, made the it, mistake. I, okay, I represented. Well, I would I would let you know 93% of people who voted on that poll voted beard. And I shaved it about 30 minutes after the poll closed. Um, yeah. I will have, you can't really see it that much right now. I'm trying yeah. to grow out a goatee <laughs> just to see how it goes. But uh, yeah, uh, that's where we're at. So that's kind of, you know, preseason preseason beard right now as well as preseason pacers so yeah anything to get the uh, the podcast started um i think the biggest takeaway that i have from today uh and i i'm i, I want to ask you too i thought this was victor's best game since the boston game in february without question yeah um and you can immediately point to i mean he went four or nine from three which was a good mark um, was taking stuff pretty comfortably. He had a couple shots like from three that felt a little bit rushed, but overall, I mean, he had one or two drives in the game that he hasn't been doing at all, which was awesome. Like he was, um, I'm trying to remember which one it was on. He had a, just a really phenomenal drive to the basket, ended up finishing it too. Um, and that just has not been commonplace. So I thought that was a really positive sign. I did think he wasn't as good defensively this, this game though. He, uh, was uh, taking a lot of missteps on ball. wasn't as active off ball, but um, overall, fantastic game from Vic. Yeah, I think it could the, the at least defensively. I think it could have been partially the assignment because yeah. he was mostly on Danny Green, and so like, yeah, you want him to be active off ball, but also on the very first or maybe second play of the game, he fouled Danny Green on three closing out because yeah. he held down too much. So I I kind of get that, but no, offensively he did look great. Um, I mean, there were, like you said, the one specific drive, I think third quarter on left wing driving in spin move to the middle and then finished like that was, that was Victor Oladipo. Like that was the guy that we saw pre-injury who full speed while still under control, uh, maintained his handle adjusted to the defender and finished like so that was a super super encouraging sign uh he did start off a, i think hitting that first three was huge for him yeah, definitely. um and as soon as that went in i was like okay I, i'm i'm hoping this is a sign of things to come and it was uh he did have a couple things like he did get stripped not even stripped he just lost the handle on danny yeah. green in the first quarter uh but then started to get a lot more comfortable and uh 
you know, I, I mentioned it while the game was happening, but on one of the steals and a fast break, he went straight down the, down the court, right at Dwight Howard. No, and he's going to get the, just the absolute crap beat out of him. And he did, but he still went for it. So like yeah. seeking out that contact and driving as much as he did, uh, he did settle for a couple shots that I didn't like, but overall really, really encouraging last preseason game for Vic. Yeah, I thought so as well. I think we're definitely on the same page there. And then you have to conversely go across the board to Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, finished with 21 points, but on 22 shots. Um, part of it was, uh, I mean, I don't know. It was a little bit painful. I don't want to say painful, but like, I mean, he was isoing on Ben Simmons a lot, which was yep. um, tough. I mean, well, that's what I tweeted. Got, it's like, yeah, Malcolm Brogdon and isoing on 6'10", all defensive players. Name a better count. Like, what do you like? Oh, geez. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, Tom and I talked about this in our last pod, um, and I talked about it with Caitlin, too. It feels like um, it, even today, I mean, it really didn't – or I guess tonight, it didn't even feel like there was uh, a whole lot that had been installed offensively. Like, they're just no. running a lot of vanilla sets still, a lot of stuff out of double drags, um, and just a lot of basic pick and roll. Like, it's not really anything crazy going on right now. So I think maybe that's part of it. But at the same time, I mean, it was a little bit discouraging. Uh, the – Positive, though, is that his three-pointer looks crisp. It has all preseason now. His off-the-dribble shot looks better. Um, he's getting more open shots, which was expected with Vic back, uh, and that's without TJ even being in. So I think that's been a really big positive because if his three-pointer is falling, that that helps a ton with hopefully him doing better at room. Um, that's going to be a work in progress, I'm guessing. But um, Overall, outside of that, I thought he had a pretty good game. Um, he, he was solid defensively considering that he had to guard Ben Simmons most of the time. And I felt like even though Ben finished with uh, – he finished with what? He only finished with nine points. That good. Yeah. yeah. Surprising. Yeah, like, and I felt like almost all of his points came out of, like, quick transition stuff, which was actually super annoying because they the Pacers got killed in transition D today. Yeah. Like, Ben yeah, would just fly down the floor and get down. But – um. What else did you think about Malcolm's game today? I so his pull up three game has looked really really nice over yep. these last couple these last preseason games, and that's something that I think is a huge. It just opens everything up for him so much because that that's just one more thing the defender has to think about when they're closing out on him is if they close out on the three the three he can go by him, but he's he's getting that shot off so much quicker than he did last year. And that's a, that's a huge difference. Uh, The one nitpick I'll have is when you're guarding Ben Simmons and he's on the logo, don't be on the logo with him. Like, I know. Okay. So yeah, that's Caitlin. That's what you and Caitlin talked about. about. Yeah. Yep. It's that was, it was nice because they were not full court pressuring today, but yeah, I mean, Domas was playing up on Dwight Howard at the top of the key. Like it was, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm definitely interested to see if that gets fixed. Um, and that was something that I, I've kind of I, I was reacting to today a little bit. Um, the Pacers defense well, it looked a lot better today. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, overall, it has looked pretty good throughout um, throughout the preseason. But um, you know, number one, I think Domas's help defense has been better. He's also been put in a yes. better position. Mm-hmm. But I would also say, I mean, they're getting killed on the weak side. So much stuff yeah. is getting opened up in the middle because of how aggressive they're being. Um, on ball screens and just trapping in general. So I, 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 again, it's different because miles isn't there. So again, it's preseason, but like, that's yeah. still something you're giving up by being so aggressive. You are giving up a lot of easy shit. Yeah. Um, which no is question. something that's something I'm definitely interested to see how that plays out during the regular season. Yeah. It's 
really interesting to look at like you see there was there was one specific possession that the Sixers had where Tobias Harris found himself in the lane and was like face up with Domas and like ha- like sort of hesitated half pound fake then he just went up with it because it's like okay he's not gonna block the shot so like in that regard I think that they're definitely I think teams are just getting to the rim and not really having to worry about that much of a contest other than being bodied so that is something I'm really, really hoping that uh, Miles comes back from that concussion, which is not, uh, not nothing. Um, but yeah, they're definitely flying around all over the place, which I like. It's it's chaotic and can cause a, a lot of problems for the defending team. Hmm. And Mike Scott uh, was just oh god, Mike Scott well, he, freaking cork cork miles today. Like the bench, we'll talk about the bench in a little bit, but yeah, um, I thought Aaron. I just want to highlight too. Aaron had a really good game. He only finished like his box score, of course, doesn't look anything crazy, but he yep. took Seth Curry out of the game today. Um, yes, which is something that I think we can expect moving forward with how Aaron's playing, and his confidence in driving has been awesome throughout the preseason. Like that's mm-hmm. something he's totally worked on. I was really hopeful that would translate from the bubble because he was doing that during the bubble. And it's been there. Um, that's been really nice. They just weren't finding him a lot today um, on the offensive mm-hmm. end. But defensively, I thought it was nice. Really competed well. He actually had the one. It didn't end up in, a, in, in drawing a charge. But he, uh, he like, came all the way across court to cut off a Ben Simmons layup and ended up – I mean, he fell to the floor, but Ben had to pass out of it. So it was great. Yeah. Uh, Mike Scott just – I think he had, like, he had the three to close out the half and then very first play hit another one. And that was half of his points, but it was just, he was so open and that likely came from the chaotic defense I was talking about. And that's the double edged uh, like design of the defense is that if you're continue scrambling, like you better get the steal or somebody's going to be open. Like you can't keep scrambling and hope yeah. that that works. Yeah. I'm interested I'm interested to see uh, if they tweak that with the bench, because I don't, Personally, with I mean, if you have TJ McConnell and Doug McDermott no. both out there, I don't think that you can run no. that. Um, it like I mean, TJ is I mean, if he was if TJ was six foot four, he'd be all defense, but mm-hmm. he's not six foot four. He doesn't have <laughs> no. a massive wingspan. So if he's closing out on somebody on like the the screaming raptor closeouts, um, it's not doing a lot. And Doug is just I, I mean, Doug was getting killed today defensively. Like a lot of the times, I don't want to say it was all on him, but he and yeah. a lot of okay. We'll talk about the bench now. The bench is a mess. Yeah. Like it is, it's not, not great. Um, well, if you think about it, we've got two bench players starting right now. Yeah. So like, no, that exactly. kind of gives me I mean, a little a bit. Point. Yeah. No, for sure. Again, I'm. It's it, yeah. To reiterate, to people, it's preseason, but we have yes. to talk about something. Yeah. Um, I really, I think Keelan Martin's been really good, but him yes. and Doug, their rotations were like so out of sync, and I think that was a lot of. Like two or three of Mike Scott's shots were off of missed rotations by yeah. Doug and Keelan. Um, and same thing with Korkmaz getting open too. Korkmaz was coming off a couple screens though. So that was, I mean, once he got hot, he was just, they were just giving it to him. But the thing to me about the closeouts is it's, it's not controlled closeouts at all. Yeah. Like they're flying at the shooter and the shooter, I don't know how many times we saw somebody get pump faked and then either drew the foul like Old Depot and Danny Green early or just pump faked, let him go by, and mm-hmm. Shake Milton hits a corner three. So it's like I understand the you absolutely have to close out on the three, but like a 90% closeout with a 10% like contain yourself 
could potentially get them a thinking about the shot still, but not taking yourself completely out of play and being in the second row of the stands uh, while then the rest of your team plays five on four. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, well, overall with the bench unit though, what do you, is there anything that you've thought that was kind of a positive that you liked? I, uh, I, I, I'm trying to jog my memory a little bit of stuff that I like from the bench. I did like, I mean, one thing that has been nice about the bench that Jay Michael pointed out and I, I'm not stealing this from Jay Michael. I thought about it like right before he tweeted it. I'm sure we were thinking the same thing. The cutting and like yes. the movement off ball yes. from the bench guys has been awesome. Like yeah. Cassius Stanley, I wrote about that in my piece I did on Cassius. I thought he would come in and be a really good cutter right away. And mm-hmm. that is totally held true. Like he had two or three dump off passes to him uh, that were like half of his points today. Um, yeah. Hewlett Martin has been really good cutting back door too. I mean, just overall, there's a ton of guys on the bench who intuitively cut in a smart way um that has been huge but that's also part of the problem because that was it was felt like that was half of the bench points um and yeah that's not great considering uh how 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 long the bench ended up playing out there yeah so my positive takeaways is that keelan martin and cassie stanley need to get some minutes yeah because keelan martin when he's on the floor does good things and I feel like he knows his role pretty well. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, when he's out there with the bench unit, so it may look like he's trying to do too much, but also he might have to try to do too much. Uh, and then Cassius Stanley, like, uh, he he just cuts, and it's awesome because he can put his eyeballs on the rim. And and that's why I, I said, I was like, man, even on the possession where they had the shot clock violation, uh, Cassius had a free lane and just went up. And I was like, yes, I, I don't care that it was a shot clock violation because I just want to see – his armpit above the rim. And, and that's, that's really much the only positive takeaway other than hopefully uh, getting Aaron and Justin back on the bench can improve that significantly. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, I think my favorite, well, I, uh, just funniest part of the bench unit was when uh, uh, first of all, it, this is my first broadcast actually getting to listen to Fox sports, Indiana. So Chris and Quinn, um, because I, it was not in Cleveland anymore, so I could actually watch yeah. it. Um, it when, uh, when Jalen LeCue had the ball with like two minutes left, gets the ball with like two minutes left, and uh, I think it was Naz Mitri Long was wide open on the left wing, and as soon as uh, – I think it was Chris was like, oh, uh, Naz is wide open on the left, and then uh, Quinn's just like, oh, he's not passing. He's not passing. <laughs> he was, he, was, he right. was right. He was right. I'm pretty sure that Jalen ended up scoring, but it was like, yeah, man, he was – he was totally right. That yeah, that bench unit was rough. Um, but the next thing I want to talk about too, um, Goga screening. He's actually screening now. He's making yep. contact on screens. That was nice. Um, he got lost a lot defensively, but I did mm-hmm. think he was doing an okay job of putting the body on, and he had some solid contests. Um, but the biggest thing is that he's shooting threes without hesitating, and yes. we can say that the exact same thing with Domas. Um, both of them hit one today. They were in rhythm. Neither of them record scratched on anything. Um, and we saw with the one that, that Domas hit, Dwight Howard having to come screaming out. And, like, that is that is what we want. That is, like, yes. picturesque. That is perfect. Like, again, I don't know if you want uh, – I mean, like, three, I guess, is fine for Domas. I still am, like – it just depends on where he's at with how much he's shooting. There but, shouldn't be a line that he needs to yeah, hit every single yeah, game. exactly. Like, it should be within the flow of the offense. If he's out there and needs to take four, that's fine. But if he needs to take zero, that is also fine. Yeah, I totally agree. But like, ex- like exactly forcing Dwight Howard to actually come out to you on that's, that's perfect because that opens yeah. up so much. 
The um, downside to that is that while Dwight Howard is screaming at Sabonis, if you miss off the front of the rim and Ben Simmons gets the rebound, yeah, Dwight ben Howard's the only one on the other side of the half court because that's exactly what happened earlier. Yeah, exactly. So it's, I mean, like that's how, ha- I mean, all of TJ's transition buckets last year because he screams yes. out on a closeout and then leaks out and Domas yeah. finds mine out with pass. Like, so I'll say another positive thing for the bench. It's that Aaron Holiday should be playing more than TJ McConnell in this system. And that's not a positive thing right now because Aaron Holiday is starting. But I think that it is, it's pretty clear that Aaron brings more to the floor than McConnell does um, in, in ways that are important for the roster. Like TJ passed up a couple threes and took a couple mid-rangers. I only saw like three or four mid-range shots today. I don't think any of them went in, but most of them were by TJ McConnell. And I, I think that there was some sort of uncertainty last year for sure. But then coming into this year, whether or not Aaron or McConnell would be the first bench or whoever would get the most minutes. And to me, even though it is preseason, I think it's pretty clear that Aaron needs to be getting the bulk of the backup guard minutes. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, Like, I think I have no dispute with that. One thing I am interested in though, um, just in terms of is is Aaron going to be able to handle, you know, a true playmaking load and, uh, running a lot of the offensive sets mm-hmm. because I mean Keelan actually has shown a lot more um, yes. as a ball handler than I was expecting Cassius has been about what I expected as someone who I do not trust to handle the ball at all yeah um like that is just like his biggest glaring weakness as a player he he is not a good ball handler and he's not a good passer either um but yeah so I mean just overall the the second unit's a little bit bereft of ball handling maybe that'll be different if they decide to run Domas again like it, it's same thing or you know, TJ or Vic. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like we don't really know what the bench is going to end up looking like because exactly. so many guys have been out. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. And I would, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what Aaron can do if he has more of an offensive load, because he frankly doesn't get that opportunity very much. So um, it's definitely something that I, I'd like to see you. Have you ever seen that gift? I'd like to see it. That that's, yeah. that's what I'm thinking right now. Yeah. Um, but overall, I mean, I thought, uh, pretty good performance um obviously it's a loss i don't care it's preseason the the starters were winning pretty decently so i'm the the worst starters were brogdon and holiday at plus four and plus seven yeah uh mcdermott was minus 20 mcconnell minus 26 and uh goga minus 16 well we don't have to we don't have to talk about that yeah i mean it's just like (laughs) if you you look at it, it it the starters being very positive is a good thing moving forward, especially when Aaron and Justin are included in those starters as still being positive players. Um, and hopefully that, that is a good sign. Yeah, definitely. So um, another thing looking at the Sixers though, Tyrese Maxey was awesome. Like yeah. he cut up the starters and he cut up the bench. He's going to be a player, man. Like he is so good yeah. already. He's, he's somebody that the Sixers needed badly in yeah. the draft. And the fact that they got him late first, well, mid to late first, whatever you want to call it, is uh, is is really fortunate for them. Uh, even though they they did use this offseason to get some more guard depth when with Danny Green and and uh, Seth Curry, bringing him in as a ball handler and somebody who just get to the rim is is going to be a a great thing for them. I think. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so I guess the final things I want to close out on um, just. 
looking at the entire preseason in general, what were uh, kind of overarching takeaways that you have um, headed into the year? So I th- I don't remember where I heard this, but when talking about the training camp that the Pacers went through, uh, I think Bjorkren said that they worked on like 95% defense. Yeah. And I think so, he said that in, uh, I want to say it was the pregame presser for the first game. He said I that. think that, that that sounds about right. But so that's what I'm looking at is, okay, you, you're right in that a lot of what they were doing was pretty vanilla. They had a couple uh, after timeout out of bounds plays, like all that stuff that they were pretty nice. Um, but as far as offensive sets, uh, I, I'm hoping that we can see a lot more of that creep its way into the playbook. Um, and then defensively, we didn't really get a great look at what we'd look like as a starting unit because obviously Warren isn't out there. And then we didn't have miles, which drastically changes both your rim protection and your wing depth size and just bulk. Um, so I'm going to hold all judgment until we have a full healthy starting lineup out there as far as what we uh, should expect defensively. Yeah, I agree. Um, and speaking on the out of bounds plays and after timeout stuff, the ATO to Cassius on the lob was beautiful. Like yes. when that happened, I was like, yes, I like stood up yes. on my couch. My dog thought I was crazy, but I was yeah. like, we've already seen just in this game. I think there were like probably three or four ATOs and out of bounds plays that resulted yeah. in points. Yep. It was like, I was like, oh my God, this is yeah. like, this is beautiful. Um, yeah. Vic setting a screen for Domas. Yeah, just, it was whoa. crazy. I remember I actually so I t- uh, I was talking to Dave Searle before the game on Twitter. Um, he was asking what the code was for. I think it was Pacers team store. I was like, it's the number of times that the India play was ran last year. And he's like, oh, that, <laughs> so I don't have enough digits to write that. But yeah, yeah. as I said, um, oof. Yeah, <laughs> the deep cut there. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's so that brings up an interesting thing for me too. Like I'm thinking just you know in terms of what the defense looks like today and has through most well. It's, it felt different today than it did in the first two preseason games because they were doing a lot of uh, different stuff with bringing Domas uh, out to the ball screens. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just wonder how it looks with Miles on the backside because, um, I mean, Vic was often the low man, was great at getting back on closeouts. Um, I, I mean, Miles getting back on closeouts, we've seen that story before. It's not like – it's yeah. asking him to do a lot when you're – you know, a five. So I don't know. There's a lot. Again, we have a lot to, to look forward to. Um, yeah. I think my biggest takeaway is that I'm just excited because they are trying so many different things already. Yes. Um, which is a positive. And I'm by my biggest thing that I want to iterate to people. It's 0-3 in preseason. And I don't <laughs> care that it's it's preseason. Like we don't have to worry about it. I think there are definitely things that you can nitpick and look at. But overall, the regular season starts on Wednesday. And we'll go from there. And overall, you know, we just got to be – I think the Pacers are going to be good. I think it's going to be a good year. Um, and this is not me trying to be a homer. I think it will probably be a rough start. I would be kind of surprised if it's not. Um, given – I mean, last year they had – what they started 0-3 to start the year, if I remember correctly, 0-3 or yep. 0-4. I think um, so, yeah. And then they were a near 50-win team if it's, uh, if it's an 82-game season. So just – Enjoy the game. Be happy it's coming. Um, One takeaway from tonight I'm interested to get your your thoughts on. No Edmund Sumner. Yeah, that was weird. Um, I know Scott DNP Agnes coaching asked decision. at the – yeah, Scott Agnes asked at the end of the game why he didn't get run. And um, 
Uh, it was basically they wanted to get the younger into the yeah. bench guys' minutes. And which... I, I, I mean, Ed is a young guy, but at the same time, I think this was maybe the only way I'm looking at it that it kind of makes sense to me is this was their last chance to be like, okay, is Jalen LeCue going to be kept on the roster? Is there any yeah. reason for us to keep Jalen LeCue? Um, because I believe didn't Naz just sign a he either signed an Exhibit Ten or he signed a two way. He was on, I can't remember. I don't know for sure. I should remember this. Let me look up his name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I'm not finding it right off the bat. Uh, yeah, yeah, two-way contract. Yeah, so he's on a two-way. Exhibit 10, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, this was their last chance. To, I, Ed's going to be on the roster. His contract's guaranteed. So yep. I think that maybe that's the only thing that I was thinking. But then again, at the same time, it's like you've already gotten the chance to look at them for the last two games um, why are you waiting in the last game? I don't know. It is definitely interesting. Um, yeah. I personally don't think it's anything major though. Like, no, nothing major, uh, just something to, to look at because yeah. when you look at it, like Cassius Stanley and Edmund Sumner, pretty similar player type. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, you, you can't have enough six, four to six, six long guards, but at the same time, like, it's just it was just interesting. Cassie's got twenty two minutes and uh, Ed got zero. So yeah, no, it was really interesting. I mean, yeah, I mean, like the only other thought I have too is you look at it. Okay, Jalen, um, Naz, and Cassius are all guys who will be playing summer league if summer league happened. Um, right. So maybe that's part of their thinking too. I I don't know. It's interesting. Um, I'm not sure. I I'm I'll, I'll be. I, I think we'll have a better answer during the first game. Um, yes. I think Ed will probably. I don't want to say he's going to be the first guy off the bench, but he would definitely not be the first guy off the bench, but he'll be one of yeah. – uh, you'd expect him to be in the rotation. So uh-huh. well, we'll find uh, out I mean, for sure. Yeah, because Ed did have more minutes than Cassius Stanley the first two games. So it's like it's not it's not like he was completely out of the rotation the entire time. Cassius yeah. was doubling him in minutes. So it's it's a one-game thing. I don't, I don't think there's any huge takeaway. But, yeah, I think – the first couple games will pretty clearly define the rotation. Uh, I think, I don't know. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll see, man. Um, rap before I get you out of here, what are, uh, what are you working on right now? What are you excited about besides going to Indiana tomorrow, heading back yeah. from, uh, from Colorado? Yep. Going home tomorrow, uh, celebrating Christmas with the family and looking forward to that. I haven't been home in like seven months or so since we moved out here, but uh, just posted this morning, uh, an article about TJ Warren, what he's worth um, both to the league and to the Pacers. I spent way too much time on that and uh, bring, there's a lot of interesting stuff in there if I can say so myself. Uh, But there's also a lot of stuff that didn't make it just because I was getting way too long winded and I, I need to not do that. So if you have any questions about that, feel free to, uh, to reach out. I'm, I'm more than willing to talk about it because it's, there are a lot of puzzle pieces that are up in the air, uh, and it'll be interesting to see how they fall. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, well, to everyone listening, of course, go follow Rhett. Go read his article. Read anything that Rhett writes because I always enjoy reading it. And uh, just have a good rest of your day. Thanks for checking in.